Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Turnoutward podcast. Took a little bit longer than expected for this episode to come out, but here we are. I just got back from my backpacking trip in Hawaii. Let's see, today's Tuesday. I got back, I believe, late Thursday night. So it's been almost a week now of being back. Um, really a crazy experience. And actually, for this episode, I'm going to talk about lessons that I learned from the trip. We're going to break from tradition of kind of following along with my schoolwork, and we're going to talk about the trip and the different lessons that I learned, um, mainly because this is actually the last week of my semester with my grad program being an online program. The semester times are a little different, and so I'm actually finishing up uh, one of my semesters this week, uh, but also just because this was truly an incredible trip with a lot of different experiences and a lot of lessons learned along the way. So just to kind of get into it, uh, leading up to this trip, uh, I'd planned to go with six friends, six of my very close friends, and really was excited about the group that we had, obviously the location. Uh, we went to the island of Kauai in, in Hawaii, which is a place that I've always wanted to go, which is a very sought-after destination for a lot of people. Uh, it, was some, it was definitely a place that my friends were very excited to go to as well. And so there was a lot of hype about this trip. There was a lot of expectation and a lot of excitement surrounding the trip. Um, and I found kind of as I got closer to the trip, there were a lot of things that I began to be stressed about or that I began to become worried about. And as soon as kind of one worry would work itself out, my brain would automatically jump to the next thing to be stressed about. And I'll talk more about that. But for example, uh, I had to get a lot of my schoolwork done before I left because I was going to be gone for a whole week and I wasn't going to have internet access the entire time. Obviously, we we're going to be in the Nepali coast, which is a part of the island that's you know very remote. Uh, away from civilization a little bit and so there wasn't going to be internet access and we were going to be there for half the trip and I really wanted to enjoy my time in Kauai and didn't want to worry about homework or deadlines while I was there so I really the last week before I left I really just grinded to get uh, two and a half weeks worth of homework done in one week uh, so that I just wouldn't have to worry about any deadlines coming home and so I found myself a little bit before the trip becoming stressed about homework and getting homework done on time. And then I spent so much time getting homework done that it really wasn't until the night before uh, we were supposed to leave the next morning that I really got all my schoolwork done that I needed to. And so I was a little late to the game on packing. And so I found myself you know, scrambling to get all the things that I needed. We had like a long packing list, right? We needed, you know, camping gear for three nights. We needed, uh, you know, different, we needed clothes for a whole week. We needed, you know, different, different survival things. Like we needed, you know, like a little camp cooker to, to cook our meals. We needed uh, a water filter. We needed paracord. We needed all these little camping things as well. And so there was a lot to pack. But also, um, we weren't trying to check any of our bags. We weren't trying to pay for check bags. So we had to fit all these things into, you know, a personal item and a carry-on. 
and fitting all those things and, and trying to make sure that that my bags weren't too big that that became pretty stressful for me and uh, I was really worried uh, with my with my hike with my backpacking backpack uh, I brought two backpacks right I had just a personal just like a, my school backpack that I just basically stuffed full of things any anything that I could fit in uh, to take space away from my from my other backpack, which was my backpacking backpack, um, and this was kind of like a, you know, kind of an older JanSport backpacking backpack. It was it was pretty big, and I noticed a lot of my friends had newer gear than me. They had kind of newer, nicer bags than me that were a little more tight, a little more compact, and so I was really worried about my bag um, being too big for the overhead compartment on the plane. And so I pretty much just tried to stuff as much as I could into my backpack and, and make sure that I only put what I needed to in the backpacking backpack. But as I was, you know, packing and then as I was, uh, as I was traveling to the airport and going through security, I was just stressed the whole time. I was like, is it going to be able to fit? Are they going to make me check my bag? Um, and, and so I was really stressed about that. Um, and I noticed, and I, I, I noticed that I was getting stressed about all these different things. As I would get stressed about one thing, I'd move on to the next thing to be to be worried about. And so while I was on the plane, I ended up reading a book. Uh, it's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it really talks about being present. Being being present in in the here and now. And allowing the present moment to be and and not resisting the present moment. So I was, as I was reading this, it talked, the, the chapter that I, that I read specifically talked about how the human mind uh, sometimes works against itself and it's wired to either think about the future or the past and how we get so caught up thinking about the future or the past that we miss the here and now, we miss the, the present moment and how suffering is actually brought about by the thinking mind dwelling on either the past or the future and missing out on the present. And the release of suffering is through being present and accepting the present moment and dropping any resistance to the present moment. It said that suffering was brought about by resistance to the present moment. And so as I was reading this, I was like, yeah, I noticed I've been really stressed leading up into this trip. And so this is definitely something I want to focus on. Um, so one thing about uh, kind of my travel getting to Kauai. So my friends actually, my six friends that I, I went on the trip with, they booked their flight through American Airlines. They were able to find a really good deal on their flight. And so um, for me, however, uh, I ended up having some unused flight credit through Delta. And so I decided to to use that flight credit to to book that flight through Delta, so it was basically a free flight using that flight credit. Um, and so I was the only one that was going on Delta. My friend's flight left earlier than me, and so they ended up getting to Kauai around 4 p.m. local time, and then my flight didn't get in, in until around 8 p.m. local time. And so, you know, there was a little bit of FOMO from that fear of missing out because, you know, I wanted to be with my friends while I was traveling. I was jealous that they all got to be on the same plane. Um, 
a couple of my friends even got to sit next to each other on one of the flights flying out. And so, you know, I was kind of jealous of that. I was wishing that I could have traveled with my friends. I was feeling a little bit lonely. And obviously, uh, so I, my first flight was to uh, Seattle. And then I had like a four hour layover in Seattle. And then, uh, you know, a six and a half hour flight from Seattle to Kauai. And so during all this time kind of waiting, I found it really hard to to put into practice what I just read in, in The Power of Now because I, I found myself just wanting to fast forward, to fast forward to me already getting to Kauai to where I could finally be with my friends. Uh, and I just wanted to, to skip through the flight, the layover, all of that. And, and I found this resistance to the present moment that that book had been talking about. I didn't want to be there. I didn't, I didn't want to, but I, I tried my best throughout the flight, throughout the layover to try and be present, to try and appreciate where I was and, and what was going on in the here and now. And to say, you know what, like, I'm on a plane right now, like, you know, I'm 30,000 feet in the sky, like, that's, that's amazing. Or, you know, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people, I tried to be mindful of the other people on the plane and to uh, kind of consider their stories and what was going on in their lives. I, I tried to strike up conversations with the people that I was sitting next to um, and and get to know them and to ask them questions and to value them as people, you know, in, in the spirit of turning outward, of course. And even though I was I was putting all this effort to do that, to be present, to turn outward, I still found myself like really struggling with, with maintaining that perspective consistently. I'd have these moments of, of present moment awareness, and then I'd slip right back into, you know, oh, I, I just wish I was there already. And I talked in episode two about kind of numbing and distracting activities. And I, I got to one point, especially on the, on the flight to Kauai, where I was like, no, I just need... I just need to distract myself. Like I just need to get to this flight. And so I ended up, you know, watching three or four movies on that flight. Um, just hoping to get through it just to kind of passively entertain myself until, until my plane landed. And, um, and it was interesting because once I actually got to Kauai, obviously like meeting my friends at the airport was, was super great and, and was super exciting. And, um, they had already picked up the rental car and so we kind of just drove to our camp spot uh for the night which was right on a beach and and then i found myself you know after we kind of set up our hammocks and stuff and things had kind of calmed down i was just laying there in my hammock and all of a sudden i was just wide awake i was just i could not sleep and I think I'd spent so much of the day being stressed and um, kind of being, you know, having my, my nervous system on high alert all day. And then the anticipation of the trip itself, that to finally be there in Hawaii, I was just wired. Like I, I could not sleep. And so we had to get up early the next morning at about 530 uh, because we were driving to the Nepali coast and there's a parking lot at the bottom of the trail and um, oftentimes those parking those parking spots can fill up really fast and so 
we had to get up early in the morning and I probably didn't sleep until, you know, 3.30 at the earliest. Um, I might, it might've been after four, I really don't know, but I, I probably got less than two hours of sleep. Um, and so that coupled with, uh, the jet lag with all the stress of the previous day and kind of the stress of all the events leading up to the trip, I was completely exhausted the next day. And so we get to the, the trailhead, right? We're packing up our stuff and, um, and now all of a sudden I, I noticed that my, my bag is a little bit bigger than everyone else's and my, my bag is, is heavier than everyone else's. And, um, I really didn't have it. I, I really packed a lot of things. Um, and I really didn't have space in my bag for, for things like food or, or, or snacks. And so I, I just kind of like crammed a couple of PB and J's in my bag and, uh, like a muffin in the side pocket. And that was it. Um, and so we get on this trail, right. And, and right away I noticed like that my pack is sitting so heavy on my shoulders that it's like, it's almost like hard for me to breathe. Um, luckily I remembered with backpacking backpacks, you can kind of tighten up the, like the waist strap. And so I, I ended up tightening up the waist strap and that, that put a little bit more of the weight on my hips. And I found that it was a lot easier to walk, um, with all that weight on my hips. However, I kind of found over time that, um, the, the pack itself began to kind of rub on my hips, kind of rub the skin away. Um, and so over time that became very painful. And then coupled with that, because I had had so little space left in my pack, um, I, I hadn't had very much room for snacks. And so my friends had brought a lot of different foods for snacks. They brought protein bars, they brought beef jerky, they brought, um, you know, mango strips, they brought trail mix, they brought all these different things. And I really had only had space for like a few mango strips. And so my friends were able to like snack throughout the trip. And I found myself having to kind of ask them for snacks and to bum off of them for snacks. And I'm, I'm someone that like hates having to ask other people for other things, but I constantly find myself having to do it. And so I felt kind of bad that I was like asking them for snacks. And, um, but like, and so I, I, I tried not to do it very often, but I found that like, I just didn't have enough like food in me. Yeah. I just didn't have enough energy, um, from the lack of snacks that I was able to pack. And also, um, a lot of my friends, they brought water filters because along this, this hike, um, we, um, we had to filter our own water cause we were going to be hiking the Nepali coast trail for three days. And so we, there weren't, you know, there wasn't any running water on the trail or anything like that. You just had to, you know, fill up your water bottle in a, in a river or in a stream or a waterfall along the way. And then my friends had brought water filters, you know, to make sure that you didn't get sick from drinking the, the, the river water. And so, um, when I had been packing my, my backpack, I hadn't been able to find a water filter. Um, I know that my parents had had one, but they hadn't been able to find it. And the only thing that I've been able to find was kind of these drops that were, um, like the label said they were antibacterial drops and you could add them to your drink or drinking water. Um, 
and the there weren't like a ton of instructions with it either. It just said like five to twenty drops per eight ounces, and I'm like, well, that's a big window. So, anyways, um, I like um, I tried to avoid like filling up on water for the first part of the hike because I was nervous to just use these drops. I didn't know if I trusted them yet. And eventually, I got like really dehydrated. Like I went to the bathroom, kind of off the trail a little bit, and and my pee was like dark brown almost like it was it was not a good color at all i could tell i was very dehydrated so eventually I, I filled up on water and i used the drops and i think i found out later on in the trip that the drops work a little bit better if you kind of allow the um the antibacterial solution to kind of set in a little bit but i i didn't know that yet and um so i kind of just drank it right away and i found like a few minutes after doing this that like my stomach kind of started to feel a little bit upset. And so here we are hiking on the first day. Like, I think we're, you know, four miles in or so. We end up getting lost for a little bit and like and down this super sketchy goat trail that was, you know, not fun to go down. And then we had to backtrack and find the trail again. And at this point, like my hips are getting rubbed raw. Like I don't have enough snacks or energy. Um, and my stomach is feeling sick um from like the water that i just drank i also felt like my pack was super super heavy compared to the others and and i also wasn't in the best cardio well i wasn't in in the kind of shape that i would have hoped to have been in i would have hoped to have prepared a little bit better i'd been going to the gym a little bit before but kind of the last week and a half before the trip i'd been mostly skiing and snowboarding and so i hadn't been able to work out as much so i felt a little bit underprepared physically for the hike as well and that first day um we were hiking 11 miles um which doesn't sound like a lot when you first say it but then for me at least on that first day the miles were just going by so slow um and so I'm I'm starting to kind of get a little bit cranky. I'm I've already stressed from everything that's kind of been going on at that point and building up to that point. And then we pop we we pass a couple hikers. Uh, it's an older couple. It's a husband and a wife, and they tell us that they turned around because there were points in the trail that were just too dangerous. They told us that there was a part of the trail that was washed out and. Um, and was dangerous to try and cross. And then they told us that there was a specific part of the trail that we're, we were all kind of aware of that's kind of famous for being a little more dangerous. It's called Crawler's, uh, Crawler's Ledge. And it's kind of this really narrow part of the trail that's literally on this cliff edge. Um, and th this super, super, super steep cliff edge. And it's you know, close to a thousand, I don't know exactly how high it is, but it's, it's very high. It's, if it's not a thousand feet, it is several hundred feet high. Um, and they told us that, um, that they just didn't feel like it was safe to cross. And, um, so they turned back and we're like, you know, at this point we're like five miles in almost. And so we're like, we're like, crap, dude. Like what if we have to turn back after doing all this and like we can't end up camping where we wanted to we only had permits to to sleep on the nepali coast for two nights and so that kind of would throw a whole wrench in our plans for the entire trip because we knew that on the third day it was going to rain and trying to traverse the nepali coast in the rain is a lot more sketchy 
because it can get very, very muddy. And especially some of those more dangerous spots can become very um, can become very dangerous to try and cross. And so we were all kind of stressed. And then on top of this, um, I've, I've always been a little bit afraid of heights. And so um, as we were hiking, I noticed a lot of my friends who aren't as afraid of heights as I were, when we kind of get to like a cliff edge or a lookout spot, they kind of like go right up to the edge and they like want to stop and take pictures and that kind of stuff. And I'm the kind of person where I, when I see someone standing next to like an edge of something, it makes me so, so nervous. And so when my friends were doing this, I just became incredibly anxious. And there was this one particular spot that was like particularly sketchy because um, it was just kind of like this rock going out. And then it was like the cliff edge went uh, like after the rock, like underneath the rock, it went like in. And so it was like a true drop off. And my friends were just like standing by this thing and like taking pictures and it was like windy and stuff. And I had like close to an actual panic attack and I had to like go around and like to the other side of the rock because I literally couldn't stand to like watch them be there. And so I had to just wait until they were done taking pictures. And I think a lot of that was, you know, some built up anxiety leading up to the trip as well. Um, but anyways... So we end up getting to the halfway point and I'm like, guys, like I, I'm beat. Like I don't, I was physically exhausted at that point. I was extremely tired. Um, didn't have enough water, didn't have enough food in me. And I was like, guys, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but we stopped and had lunch at that halfway point and I'd kind of been praying a lot. And so after that halfway point, I kind of mustered the strength and, you know, I was able to keep going after that, luckily. And then um, we get to that, um, to a few of the washout spots. And for whatever reason, I was perfectly calm during that. And I think it was a, a lot of it had to do with, you know, the prayers that I was giving. Um, and one of my friends told me that later that he was kind of praying for me the whole time as well. But we got to Crawler's Ledge as well. And I was able to cross that, you know, perfectly calm, just fine. And then it was after that, it kind of felt like the rest of the trip was um, a little bit easier. And so there were still some brutal uphills. The whole trail was kind of just uphills and downhills. And so it was a pretty tough, brutal hike, but um, that second half definitely felt easier. And so finally, at the end of the day, we finally get to our campsite and, um, and like this it, our campsite was actually at a beach and this beach was absolutely incredible. Like the mountains on that side of Kauai are just so jagged and so rugged and just feel, and they're so green as well. And it was just, it's hard to describe just how beautiful it was. And this beach was just this white sand beach that was just beautiful. And, um, once we got to the beach, it was like, it, it was just so worth it. It was so worth all that struggle getting to the beach. And then, um, you know, we spent some time playing in the water. There was actually a waterfall that was like on the other end of the beach that we kind of went to and we'd kind of shower in the, in, in the waterfall. And um, there was like this rip current going in, in the water um, off the beach. And it was kind of fun. You, you jump in and it was kind of like a lazy river that would take you from one end of the beach to the other. And so we spent a lot of time kind of jumping in that and then running back to the other end of the beach. Um, and it was just kind of like this perfect place. Um, I ended up setting up 
my hammock on this palm tree. We all kind of set up our hammocks and set up camp. And then we had uh, dehydrated meals for dinner. And it was just this perfect place. And, and we were planning on spending um, the next day in this campsite, um, most of the next day in this campsite before kind of hiking back to the halfway spot and then spending the night there. However, you know, after we went to bed and then woke up in the morning, we noticed that, um, you know, it was a little more windy than we had expected. And then, um, you know, we're kind of playing in the water um, in the morning, having like a little morning swim. And then all of a sudden this jet ski rides in and this lady hops off the back of the jet ski with like this waterproof pack and then she swims in. So I kind of, of approach her and start talking to her and she's from Australia, has this cool accent and everything. Um, but she, she was said, do you want to know the weather report? Um, and I was like, yeah, of course. And she said, well, it turns out it looks like rain is going to head in a little bit sooner than we thought. And this was Saturday and we weren't expecting rain until Sunday. And so, um, she said, it looks like rain is going to head in like as soon as lunchtime. And we were like, crap, well, we don't want to be going back through crawlers ledge, which was at about the seven mile mark. We don't want to be going through that while the rain is coming. And so this is about like 10 a.m. We just like pack up all our things immediately and, and, and try and hike out. And so as we're hiking out, it starts to rain. And so I find myself like, man, this like the my favorite part of the trip so far, the most stress-free part of it ended so quickly. And now we're hiking out in the rain, like it's super windy and I start to like get stressed again. Anyways, we, we end up kind of going over a ridge and the rain stops and ended up being fine. Um, and we get, we get past crawlers ledge and then we eventually get back to our camp spot for the night. And, um, there's a lot I could talk about that camp spot. We ended up going to a super cool waterfall with like this pool at the bottom that we swam around in. Um, but I kind of wrote some lessons in, um, in my journal for that night. And, it just talked about how mindset is everything. Um, anxiety keeps us alive, but constantly fearing the worst holds us back. We need, to be, we need to focus on connecting, not on being seen. We need to find joy and be present along the journey rather than wishing for the destination, outcome, or end result. And then I wrote, but the destination is worth it. Um, and so that was, that was like a great moment for me. And I, I wish I could say that like, you know, having those lessons changed the rest of um, the trip for me. But unfortunately, I, I kind of, um, there are a few other things during the trip that kind of stressed me out a lot. For example, on the, after the third day on Sunday, when we finally got back to our car, you know, I was completely exhausted. And then we get in our car, we start driving, and then the oil light is on. And so we're like, crap. So we had to, we had to call the rental car owner and then he was like, yeah, guys, I'm sorry. Like, um, like I'm, this car is completely out of oil. Like I need to take the car back. You guys are going to have to make a new reservation. Cause this was through Turo, which is basically the Airbnb of rental cars. And so that was really stressful trying to find another car. And I found myself not really able to enjoy the day because I was so stressed about this car. Um, so anyways, we eventually got our, our car our our second rental car and then you know the i found kind of through being so stressed throughout the entire trip i kind of found that 
I wasn't able to connect with my friends as much as I would have liked. I found I found myself just being constantly stressed and not really able to be myself. And so I kind of felt a disconnect with my friends. And I'm someone where it's very easy for me to feel kind of like um, almost like a burden socially. Like if I'm not if I'm not connecting, if I'm not able to be myself, and I'm I feel it's very. I can very quickly and very easily start to feel like a burden or like I don't belong. Um, and even though I was surrounded by friends that love me and that care about me a ton, I started to kind of feel these feelings. And so I kind of struggled with that throughout the trip. And then fast forward to our last camping night. Um, we ended up staying at the spot where um, there it was in Anahola, uh, which the, we noticed there was like this grassy spot and then there was a spot in the trees and we ended up um, going to this spot in the trees, which we found out was um, protected native Hawaiian land. And um, so we woke up in the morning and uh, suddenly our car had no gas. Like we, we were completely out of gas. And so someone had come in the middle of the night and cut our fuel line. And, and so we were just kind of screwed like out of luck and on top of that i hadn't purchased insurance for the rental car and so uh, we ended up having to pay for the repairs on the car we ended up having to we kind of just walked to an o'reilly parking lot and we're just kind of chilling there for hours um, waiting to see if the car could be fixed found out that it couldn't um, and that we'd have to have the car towed to um, the it was a nissan we had to have it towed to a nissan dealership um, in Lahui, which is kind of the capital of, of Kauai. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of the cherry on top for me. And I found my, I found myself like trying to have a good attitude and trying to have a good mindset throughout it all. But I found myself still becoming frustrated. And there was one point in the day where we were sort of just waiting for the tow truck to come. And so some of my friends decided that they were going to go to the beach. Others of my friends decided that they were going to go return our, our tent rentals because we ended up, you know, camping in tents for two of the nights that we were there. And I just decided I was going to go walk to this Burger King and I was just going to sit in the Burger King and charge my phone because my phone was dead and just kind of stare at the cars going by. Um, just cause with all this, all the experiences that I'd had over the trip, I was kind of mentally exhausted a little bit. And I was just thinking about like how difficult like this whole trip had been and kind of feeling sorry for myself and thinking, woe is me. Um, but on the way to the Burger King, we were walking along the sidewalk and, um, we passed, uh, what appeared to be a person without a, without a home, a homeless man. And, you know, this, this individual, they had really long kind of matted hair. They had a really long gray matted beard and they, they were, they had a very dirty appearance. Their clothes were very mangled. And as they walked by, you, you know, they, there was a very strong stench to this person. And, um, and I was just thinking after this, after I passed this man, you know what, I, 
I bet that he's having a worse day than I am. And I bet that he's been having a bad day for quite a long time. And here was here I was, you know, feeling sorry for myself, completely turned inward, focused on all the things that I'd been going through, all the things that had stressed me out, um, forgetting just how lucky I was to even be where I was with the people that I was. And it was just an incredibly humbling moment for me. Um, and, and really gave me a lot of perspective on things and reminded me of, of who I'm trying to be and what I'm trying to embody with Turn Outward. And really throughout the rest of the day, you know, I, you know, things, things still didn't go ideally. Um, you know, after the tow truck came, we Ubered to the car dealership to try and sort things out with a car. And then on the way to the dealership, uh, they called us and said, actually, never mind. We've got everything straightened out. You guys are good to go. And so then, you know, we arrived at the dealership and we're just kind of stranded from there. And the dealership was kind of close to um, a beach that we were pretty much just going to spend the rest of our day until going to the airport. And so we ended up just walking from the dealership to this beach. And it the walk probably took like 20 minutes. And we literally had to you know, walk on the shoulder of, it wasn't an interstate, but it was like a, a major road. Um, it might've been a highway. Um, but we were just walking along the shoulder, um, of this place and, and we had all, all our things. And so I was walking with both of my bags and there were cars just whizzing right by us. And, um, and that was very humbling as well, that experience. And then ended up kind of spending the rest of the day at kind of this resort beach and um, before going to the airport. And, but the rest of the day, I just kind of thought about that man and, and thought about the lesson that I had learned. Um, and I think just that lesson, that, that humbling, that, that perspective, that gratitude, that lesson alone made all the other things I went through on the trip worth it. If that was, if that had to be the one takeaway that I had from that trip, all the struggles, all the things that weren't ideal about the trip made it worth it. And, but in reality, there, there were a ton of incredible moments, um, on this Hawaii trip. I was extremely fortunate and blessed that we were, we were able to hike safely throughout our time on the Nepali coast. I was able to spend it with incredible friends. We were able to go and see beautiful places, beautiful mountains and waterfalls and beaches. We were able to try some really, really good food. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it was a, great, a great experience and a great learning opportunity. And so if I were to have any takeaways it would just be to to be present in the moment and to not have any resistance to the present moment, even if currently the, the present moment is unpleasant or undesirable. Make sure to look around and, and to think about, to think outside of yourself, because I guarantee that there's someone that's 
that's going through it that has a worse hand than you do that is going through a lot more than you and just keeping that perspective and having that mindset suddenly makes your your problem seem a lot smaller and i wish i could have said that i did something to serve that man or you know smile at him or or i didn't really have any anything to offer or give him um or i could have at least said a kind word to him but in that moment i think even just being mindful of him just recognizing that his life and his struggles mattered just as much as mine and weren't any more important than than mine and to realize that he was a human being that was worthy of love and and worthy of respect regardless of of his circumstances that that lesson in itself made everything worth it anyways i know this is a little bit longer of an episode thank you so much for tuning in if you're still here at this point um got some exciting news and currently in the process of getting the podcast on apple Podcasts as well i've had a couple people reach out and ask um, if it's available on apple Podcasts, so it should be available soon um, we've also got a new um, muzzle for the mic so hopefully the sound quality is a little bit improved from now on i'm going to try and go back to dropping episodes weekly either on tuesday wednesday or thursdays um, so stay tuned for that hopefully i can be a little bit more consistent with that. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in and can't wait to join you guys for episode five.